Michael? Yes? Would you steal a car? No, I would never steal a car. Would you steal someone's wallet? No, that's illegal. Would you steal somebody's TV? No, I, I have a TV and I don't need another one. Would you read a scanulated manga on the internet? Well, yeah, I do that all the time. <gasps> then this podcast is for you because we interviewed a scanulator <laughs> of manga. <laughs> Believe it or not. I think you were there, actually. It was, yeah. I also so, feel so guilty now. You should, because you wouldn't steal a car. I, I've stolen no. a lot of cars, actually. Yeah. And once you steal a car, it's okay to steal Mongo. That's, that's kind of <laughs> how, I, how I think of it. But yeah, we, we talked to a scanulator who, who's actually scanulated a lot of things. He's, he's completed Toriko. He's completed Dobuts no Kuni. He's completed Ring. And he's currently working on Gintama, which is we found out is a really tough one to, to scanulate. Yeah translate and to make into english manga form jojo's bizarre adventure which you can't get yeah officially apparently it started in 1986 i thought it was like way later than that but I, it's an old manga when i was one year old i remember when it came out and yeah. i enjoyed listening to that <laughs> watching it and enjoying jo jojo's bizarre adventures as a small child and that shaped me um and he's worked on he's currently working on many other things as well he's a he's a big time scandalator yeah is, is the impression i got yeah He's, he does a lot. He's been doing it for 11 years. Yeah. And, and if you don't know what scanlating is, it's, it's taking the original Japanese manga. It's scanning it. I think that's where the scanlation comes from. And then the, the titillation of reading <laughs> it, I assume, is the other part. But yeah. like, they basically process it so that it, it's translated, it looks nice, and it's made into English so that people can read it. And then they put it on the internet. Yeah. And it's apparently a big process with a lot of people that do it for free. And we, we talked to him about it and we, we talked to him about a lot of things, including uh, like the, the, the whole process and the whole like teamwork involved in, in making this manga available for English readers, even though it's illegal. And why most manga will never be translated in your language, probably Which English. It's really sad, but thank goodness there's heroes like this yeah. out there, I guess. I don't know. Um, and, uh, we also, he also talked about how he actually learned Japanese through scanlation. When he started, he barely knew any Japanese at all. And now he's like scanlating and translating really well. I might add many, many manga series. Yeah. We also learned that someone on the team has to redraw some of the panels, which I had no idea was part of the process. And it's a big job. And I, I find out that's how uh, Miyazaki got his start at, at Ghibli. Yeah, I assume doing I don't scanlation. Know, doing scanlation, and uh, and we also talked about like the the gang street rivalries of scanlation groups. Yeah, that was really interesting. That was that was crazy. So all this and more. Uh, I hope you enjoy this podcast, and um, here it is. We're gonna jump right in. Hello and welcome to the Tofugu Podcast. My name is Michael. Hi, I'm Koichi, and today we're talking to Cool Zero Two One Zero who is a famous scanlator, someone who oh, does yeah. scanlation. <laughs> Hi, Cool. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Yeah. Uh, so the first thing I want to ask uh, is just to, uh, for you to tell us about yourself so, so we can get an idea of who you are and what you do. Well, I run HiwaMatanoaru.com, and that's a scanlation group. I also run AnimeDestiny.org, but that's a pretty inactive group because we've kind of finished all the projects we were doing. I've 
been in translating and doing other jobs and scanlating and fan subbing for 11 years, I think now, something along those lines. And I've managed my own groups. I've translated most of the projects I've worked on. And I generally do this as a hobby. I do it because I'm trying to share a series that I like with people. And I also just kind of do it for fun and because I like this stuff. Cool. What, what kind of stuff are you scanlating or translating right now? Right now, I'm doing Jojolion, which is Joseph Bizarre Adventure Part 8. I'm doing nice. the Gintama manga. I am mm-hmm. doing a series called Seiki Matsu Leader Den Takashi, which is by the author of Toriko, which I had done all of, and that ended last November. Uh, I'm translating a Jojo novel called The Book. It's a spin-off novel written in 2007. Hmm. And I'm translating a series called Hachiwan Diver, which is a manga by the, you might know the author did uh, Air Master, and that had an anime, I think, at some point in the past. And this is a series that did after that. And it's pretty long, and I'm working on that gradually. There's a couple other series that I am kind of working on, but they're on hiatus or something. I'm do Sangatsu no Lion and uh, Real, which is a manga about wheelchair basketball. Uh, I've done a bunch of other series. I translated a manga called Innocent, which is about the French Revolution and the executioners in the French Revolution specifically. And before that, I did that authored previous series called Koko no Hito, which is about mountain climbing. And I did a whole bunch of other series. I mentioned Toriko. I worked a little bit on Hunter Hunter and uh, Bakuman. I did the last third of Steel Ball Run. I did a few other series. I did most of Wolfsmund. That's most of it. Damn, that's a lot of things. So I assume you don't do them all by yourself. Do you, do you have a group of people that help you? I don't do almost any of them all by myself. I have done the last half of Sangatsu no Lion almost completely by myself with one person just doing some checking at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, generally speaking, you'll do it in a group. The group usually has somewhere between three and maybe eight people. And at any given time, the number of people will change because people, sometimes they're too busy with other life stuff to do this because this is all done completely for free. No one's expecting to get paid doing this. We get donations once in a while, but it's not anything to live off of. So it becomes this sort of passion project. And because of that, you have to constantly like get other people to fill in when someone else can't work. And then hopefully that person becomes good enough to be able to do it on their own in case the other person can't do their job. There's a lot of things like that. Yeah, that, that, that sounds awfully thankless, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah well, so why, why do you do it then, I guess, is what I want to know. Different scanlators, fan subbers, all the different reasons. Some want to do it because they just want to do the best translation they can. Some just really like the series and want people to read it, regardless of whether or not it can be read using some official source or not. Mm-hmm. I generally try to only work on projects that don't have an official translation because I really like them and I want other people to be able to read them. So some of those are pretty popular. Some that are not very popular. Some barely get read and some get like, tens of thousands of views every time we release something. It's kind of hard to track, though. That's another point, because you can't really tell how many people are reading it, because people read, when they read scanlations, they're not just going to your site to get them. They'll go them go to aggregator sites like Batoto and Manga Reader and Manga Fox and things like that. Mm-hmm. So you can't actually even know how many people are reading what you're writing. 
but you can tell the relative level of popularity. Sometimes you can find people discussing it on forums and things like that. And you can kind of, you could like, like the Toto.com, they have like a, a total number of views and things like that. And when we release our stuff, we'll just release like actual like PNGs, the image files to download, mm -hmm. but also there'll be like a reader site that we'll uh, put it up to and I'll put it on the Toto. But it generally gets mirrored everywhere. Like if you want to read a scan later's work, you can find it on any big aggregator site like the ones I mentioned. So it's kind of nebulous in that way. So is that is that preferred? Like, do you want it to go out to all those places or would you rather, or is it is it going out there because it's just people are taking it and spreading it around? Well, it's got upsides and downsides. Upsides is more people will re read it that way. And I do want people to read it. That's primarily the reason I'm doing it. The downside is a lot of people won't necessarily know my group did it. They'll there are people who will go to those sites and think those sites are the ones producing the translations, or maybe they don't care about what the translations come out at all. We do always put like a credits page where we list all the names of the users that are working on the project. But when you're going to those sites, usually you are giving them money by viewing their ads and things like that. I don't know how much they make, but some of the bigger sites get lots and lots of traffic. Yeah. And manga is a relatively low, uh, low file size. Like a volume of manga is like 50 megabytes. It's quite different than, say, if you were going to manually host uh, like YouTube videos or something. So I don't know how what their profit margins are, but they will make money definitely because they are resharing things that other people have made. And some people get really angry about that. And some people just kind of see it as like a necessary evil. Yeah. I'm a little on the fence with it. I'm fine as long as they make some attempt to let people know who did it. And that's why I put ours on bateau.to because they always credit the group and they will also allow like the person who uploaded it to manipulate it and edit it. Mm -hmm. If they want to, they could like delete it and put up a new version of it. Whereas most sites that are just automatically downloading and, and uploading to their site will take whatever came out first and that's it. And they don't care what happens after that. Like once in a while, we will either make, I'll, I'll notice something like a day after it come out, there's like a typo or something and I'll edit it or one of the files get corrupted or something. And then sometimes later we'll do down the line a better quality version of something we did earlier on with like better uh, scans. So generally speaking, when we're doing a project, you're doing either you're buying volumes, which are like 200 page books mm -hmm. that we scan, clean and typeset and such. And the alternative is to get it from the magazine, which the manga originally comes in. And the magazine is usually printed on recycled paper or cheaper paper, so people can buy them more easily. Most manga magazines are over like 500 pages long. So if they printed them on high quality paper, they would be very expensive, as opposed to getting one book, which has one series in it and is smaller and is better quality paper. So as a result, there's varying like versions. If you really want to go intense, sometimes the more popular series will get some kind of collector edition version, usually called a Kansenban. And those will be the highest quality ones, which will reproduce all the color pages and all the resolutions super high and things like that. I'm kind of going on tangent, but what I'm saying is there's more control with your own site and a site like the Toto 
where the other ones are out of your control and they're making money off of it. And they will often only do whatever came out first, even if what came out first is definitely not the best and other versions have been available for a long time. I'm curious about something you mentioned with the aggregator sites uh, collecting donations, because you said you get donations sometimes. Um, and I'm not a super cool dude, so I just found uh, some scanlation site today while we were researching that uh, right. Koichi showed me. I showed him a scanlation website for yeah, the I was first like, time. Oh, cool! Scan- like, what, what is scantilation? What is, what is scantilation? <laughs> I had to. Is I had to show him. Clad lations. Uh, but anyway, so uh, so Koichi showed this to me. Because uh, I downloaded like PDFs in like 2002, a long time ago. <laughs> I but did that too. I sure. was like, oh, now there's these big sites that are easier to get them from. And so I was clicking through one piece that Koichi uh, <laughs> recommended to me. And I got to the end and it said, donate to us. Give us a PayPal. And I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. But now that you're mentioning like, okay, you made like these manga you, you translated these mangas yeah you did all the work you did all the work and then the big aggregator site is like look we've got all these manga then give us a donation and so <laughs> they're getting donation from something that you were working the, the, on the, the 11 year old boy who's who's running it yeah that's why i did that high-pitched voice <laughs> yeah. there um yeah so how, how does how do you feel about that is what you're looking at asking people to donate to the aggregator or is it a page in the manga that said come to our site and donate to us it, it was a page that, that popped up in the aggregator site that okay. was like, give us some straight up money. After finishing the, the After issue. After finishing the one piece. It's not the most honest thing out there, but they are like, they are hosting it. So I guess they are performing some service and they are putting it in a place that's easy for people to find, but it's not. Uh, some some of these sites will do something like recommend stuff to people like here's a similar manga to this one that you liked and so people can find other series so there is a certain amount of service that those places can do but mostly it's you're if you're becoming this like main repository where people get stuff the issue that me and a lot of other places will have is that they people don't know who's actually doing it and they're also kind of kind of giving the process of being a fan group a bad name because they're kind of taking advantage of it by taking money. The amount of donations I get is pretty small. It's like maybe $100 a year if I'm lucky. And because the traffic on our actual site isn't that big, I think it's like maybe 2,000 hits a day or something, depending on the day of the week. It kind of strikes me uh, as the situation... I know I'm showing my age now, but with E-Bombs World <laughs> in like early 2000s, wow. yeah. that was just like aggregating, you know, content. Uh, this is before YouTube. And you know, yeah. they were just like, check it out. And then people who made the content was like, oh, you took our stuff. And they were like, it's the internet, baby. <laughs> and that was yeah, that. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> so that's it kind of seems similar to that. Yeah, it is. The, the issue that comes up is a lot of people won't care because where we don't have the right to the manga that we're translating. Like we didn't ask the author, we didn't get approval for our translation. We're just putting them out there. So because we are pirates ourselves, they won't care about the people that are doing the work to translate it. But the issue with that is that if you treat the people who are actually doing the work badly, then that demotivates them from doing the work. And it's pretty hard for any volunteer organization to actually complete whatever project they're trying to do. 
there's about a million series on you could look up on like Baka Update. There's a site called mangaupdates.com you can use to look up series and find what groups are uh, skinlining them. And there's tons and tons of them that got like 10% of the series scanlated <laughs> and then the group fell apart by yeah. for whatever reason. And usually that's because the group is gets demotivated in some way or another because they can't. Uh, the guy, person who ran it couldn't get it finished. The translator was translating, and the and nobody was uh, actually typesetting, cleaning, getting anything released. So then they left. That sort of thing happens all the time. It's happened in some projects I've done too, and I ultimately ended up having to drop them for one reason or another. But it's sort of a uh, it's part of it. And something you kind of have to deal with. Yeah, because I imagine you're doing doing all this in in your free time. It's not like there's no way you're not making a living off of this. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know what your situation is, but I imagine a lot of people they have full time jobs, they're doing other things, and then they're doing this just for the passion of it. Yeah, I've got a full time job. I've been doing this for a long time now, but I did it while I was going to college full time, going to high school full time, and doing a full time job. Hey everybody, we're going to take a quick break to uh, to talk about an advertisement. An advertisement? What can I buy? Well, I don't know, but you can. So, so you you've been listening to this podcast and you've decided, okay, I want to become a manga scanlator. I certainly do. That's all I want to do now in my free time, all my free time, many hours a day, and and I look at the pages of all these Japanese manga and I see, wow, there's there's a lot of these these. What are they called? Kanji? Kanji? Oh, man, that's like the <laughs> hardest thing to learn. I don't know. Maybe I'm going to give up scanlation. <laughs> this is Bye. a terrible ad. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. This is, I'm not, not you, Mike. It's all of us. We're both really bad. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> and uh, Yeah, so you want to learn these kanji. If you want to do scanlation, really, if you want to learn Japanese and you want to read Japanese or you want to read these manga before you have to wait for them to get scanlated into English which is way better, by the way, because it's, it, there's a lot of subtleties in the Japanese that are you know, better in Japanese, you're going to want to learn how to read Japanese. And the best way to do that, I think, because I'm really biased and we made it ourselves, is Wani Kani. What's Wani Kani? <laughs> Thanks, Michael. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> Wani Kani is uh, our, our kanji learning method. And we have people who are learning you know, almost all the Joyo Kanji and more. We actually have our own list. It's not exactly the same as the Joyo Kanji, but it's better. And uh, about 6,000, actually more than 6,000 vocabulary words in about a month and a half, if you go at the fastest speed. And that's ridiculous when you compare it to classroom learning, which usually takes people, you know, maybe 10 years to learn this much, or they just never Is learn this much. a month and a half or a year and a half? Did I say a month and a half? <laughs> yeah. I'm so sorry. I figured I would stop you, but you were on such a roll. In, in a to. year and a half, you yeah, can learn all this kanji. That's still really fast. But in a month and a half, it, well, let's see, with all the timings, you can learn one, two, three, four, five, thirty. You can learn about 150 kanji in a month and a half, yeah. which is actually like, that's that's like five more semesters than, of college. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> more than like a year of, of college classes in most programs. Mm -hmm. um, and we use mnemonics. We use space repetition, which is this scientific-y thing that, that makes it so that you are actually recalling the item right before you're about to forget it, so it's timed for you. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and uh, I don't know, we use other things, too. What else do we use? Uh, use colors that will shock your brain That's whenever true. you get People something wrong. That's true. People hate the colors. Yeah, but the colors are good for you. I love the colors, personally. If you personally. get something wrong, 
it feels really bad. Well, even if you However, don't get it wrong, it's still like hot pink. Yeah. And like neon blue. And it's wonderful. I love it. I, well, that's that's just an aesthetic thing. But I was talking more <laughs> about the when you get something wrong, it makes you remember it. Mm-hmm. It's like getting a little spank on the bottom. Yeah. We, and helps you remember to do it better next time. And we make you recall things. And, yeah. and like really... Forcing someone to recall something rather than letting them like cheat on multiple choice where they just narrow down all the answers. Like that's how you actually learn something, not multiple choice, not not self uh, assessment. Yeah, it's, that's why I like it more than other yeah. flashcard systems where you can just say, I know it. Give it to me it's, in a week. It's you a know, little harder. You have to type it in. It's kind of like the dark souls of of kanji <laughs> flashcards. <laughs> yes. You know you earned that end game. Yeah, screen. yeah. It's not. It's not like a, a garbage game. Like uh, I don't know. I don't know. Light souls. Light souls. Yeah. I don't know what. Screw the light souls. Game. Yeah, light souls. I sucks. hate light souls. It's so easy. Yeah. Um, light those, souls too had some good parts. That's true. I don't like the microtransactions. Yeah. <laughs> anyways, if you, if you're looking to learn uh, kanji, if you're looking to learn Japanese vocabulary, if you're looking to read manga, uh, you can get started on Wani Kani right now. The first three levels are free. That'll get you up to about 100 kanji, actually. That's a lot. Yeah, and there's no time limit on it. So you can try it out as long as you want. You can see if the, the space repetition works for you. Um, and actually, by the time you reach about level 10, I think you're, most people are able to read a good portion of manga. That's kind of when we encourage people to start reading. And level 10, that's, that's about three months. So that's not a lot of time to be able to start reading manga. Mm-hmm. And that's, there's a total of 50 levels. So 60 levels. 60 levels, that's right. The, yeah. the last 10 are kind of optional, but they're pretty good. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, but it's like my the point DLC. is that like, there's a ton of levels, but you know, level 10 isn't that far in, comparatively yeah. speaking, it's, and you can already start reading manga. It's, it's the ordering. We, we do a really good job with the ordering to make sure that you're learning the most common and frequent things first. So that when you do look at Japanese, you're, you're able to read like 70% of it really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's it. I hope you enjoyed this advertisement. Yeah, back to the show, as they used to say on TV. They don't have TV anymore. Yeah, TV. I remember when I could see back when I was a kid. Yep. Now we're in the retirement home. <laughs> Wheeling to the applesauce cart. <laughs> the applesauce cart. I thought it was the Applebee's cart. (laughs) Where they give you the bees. The crushed up bees in the apple core. Beads? Beads? Are we making beads today? In Craft Club? We should end this ad now. (laughs) Goodbye. Bye. Going to the grave. how, How much... How much time do you spend on on this in general? Uh, probably way too much. Uh, I am I'm not sure. It varies from week to week. There's some weeks where I will kind of buckle down and do nothing but this all weekend. There's other ones where I'll do it only like for an hour every day. Oh. I do do it every day though. So everybody, you need to go thank your local scanolator because yeah, they're doing this for you. They're doing this every day. Yeah. 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 That's that's a lot of of time. Yeah. Like anything you put a, a a day of work into every day for eleven years is a lot of t- a lot of time. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. I wasn't doing it every day in the beginning because in the first like three years I was only working on one project, but yeah. I did do it close to every day. Well, how how did you get started? Speaking of which, 
Uh, the first project I worked on was Konjiki no Gashbell. Mm-hmm. That was called Zatchbell in the English dub, which I think is kind of a bad name. But anyway, I really, I saw the show, I think, on Tsunami at the time, back in 2004 or five. Nice. And I really liked it, and I wanted to find episodes of the show. So I went to look it up online, and I found out that there was a group that was fan-subbing it. And so I decided... I wanted to watch all those episodes. So I watched all of them. There was like 45 episodes out at the uh, fan sub at the time, but there was like a hundred episodes that were out in Japan. And I wanted to see what the other ones were, but I had no way of seeing them. There was no, you couldn't even get the, the raw Japanese version. The only way to get it was to get it from the group. So I went to like talk to them and then I started working with them. I worked as a timer at first which is like timing the uh, the subtitles to appear at the beginning and ends of each line and that sort of thing. And I eventually ended up running the group because the group was kind of uh, dysfunctional. And then over the course of about four years, we finished the entire rest of the series, which ended at episode 150. So you were like the <laughs> Superman that brought the Justice League together <laughs> when they were fighting each other. Sure, why not? What's uh, How much yeah. Japanese did you and, know at the time? When you first started? Uh, when I first started, I didn't, I don't know if I knew any. Uh, I took some classes in high school and then I continued taking them in college. But I started learning on my own while I was just timing Gashbell. I started learning Hiragana and Katakana. You could do that. You could at least read like what the characters' names are. Mm-hmm. Gashbell had uh, spells that were all like a made-up language the author had created so I could read all the spells because they were all in katakana. So I did that as a means of like learning the basic alphabet. And then from there, I started reading like... uh, After I started taking classes, I started learning other bits of trivia. And there's a couple of sites online that could teach you more concepts. And then at a certain point, I started translating spoiler scripts. I don't know if you know what they are, but... People will post the just like a summary of what happened in a chapter online, mm-hmm. usually like a couple days before the chapter comes out in Japan. So I would translate spoiler scripts of Gaspell as they came out just by looking up every word and like half guessing what was going on, <laughs> sticking everything in a dictionary until I basically knew what was happening. And then I would post that because there were no translations of the manga at all at that time. Or there were, but only like the first like 10 volumes or something really early on out of a series that was 33 volumes long. And so I did that to just give people an idea of what was going on. And then I did it more and more. And eventually I got to the point where like, oh, I could maybe translate an actual chapter and like just say it's a, a rough translation. And I did that for like a few months. And then eventually I started on Toriko, which was in the end of 2008. And that was the point where I said I was going to actually try real translating and say this is for a scanlation and I'm going to be the one to translate the series and I'm going to do every chapter and I'm going to get everything finished. And it's going to be like good, decent enough quality that it's not like me half guessing at all the lines. Like I felt like I, at that point I could solidly translate at least. So, so what point was that that you felt like, okay, now I'm ready to go? Like, you started in, in high school, and then how many years? I guess that was about two years at that point. Wow. And even at that point, I wasn't very good. Looking back on it, I know it wasn't that good. There's, like, a lot of things you have to learn to be a translator. Like, to translate well is far beyond knowing properly what the sentence means. It's to 
express things in a way that the author was trying to express them. So if a line sounds really stilted and robotic or doesn't sound like a, a uh, English speaker would talk, then it's not a very good translation because the original translation is not robotic or strange or sounds like a weird alien speaking. You're supposed to try and sound like you're speaking vernacular English because it's in vernacular Japanese. And then you have to deal with the fact that there's different characters and different characters will talk different ways. Some will talk pretty average. Some will talk like uh, samurai or all flowery. Some will talk in metaphors. Some will be like really goofy and you have to translate the humor. Some lines will be very dramatic and you have to like make it dramatic. It can't give away the dramatic. Like if there's like a dramatic sting, the last part of the line is supposed to be where like there's a big reveal or something. You can't do the reveal in the beginning part of the sentence or something gotcha. like that. Yeah. It's all that kind of thing. You have to keep in mind what the intention of the lines are and the intention of the story is and make all kinds of judgments when you're doing that. It's a lot of decisions. It sounds like it sounds like this was a big part of your learning Japanese then. Yeah. Like, I kind of learned it as I went along. But you did classes for a while and you felt like you didn't know any Japanese and then you started doing this and all of a sudden you're, you're translating entire series of manga. Yeah, that's kind of how it goes. Just like anything, the more you do it, the better you'll get at it. Totally. So if you're trying to learn Japanese and there's plenty of people that read a lot of manga that are trying to learn Japanese and it doesn't go that well, mm -hmm. the more you're using it, the better you'll get at it. And if you want to use it, you have to find ways of using it. You can't just be like... I'm just going to watch anime with subtitles and then assume that I'll eventually absorb everything because you really won't learn it that way. Totally. I think you guys had an article on it or something recently about quantity versus quality or something like that. And mm -hmm. you can make up for quality by doing less of quantity. Mm -hmm. And I think that's sort of what I did where I just did so much of this stuff that I got better and better at it. Like Gashbell was a pretty good series to start on because that was really simple. Mm -hmm. But like later I did Gintama and that's like the hardest series of all the manga I've read. I still think that is the hardest series to translate. And that runs in Shonen Jump. So it's aimed towards like <laughs> teenagers. But it, it has so many weird jokes and colloquial phrases mm -hmm. and cultural references and strange plays on words and lots of idiomatic phrases that you may not know because it's set in like a pseudo version of old Tokyo. There's a lot of different weird things in it and it's got a lot you'll have to look up and basically how it works is you have to keep looking things up keep finding example sentences keep <laughs> figuring out how the words work in context of how speakers use them and the more you use them the more you'll remember and the more you remember the faster you'll be able to translate things and the faster you can translate things the more you can translate and that's how you end up spending all your time translating <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome well, it sounds like a good way to learn japanese though and then one, one thing that i that i wanted to point out of your story is that you you're actually able to get involved even before you really knew that much japanese which i thought was really interesting i wouldn't have expected that so there's there's stuff out there that people can do that doesn't require a lot of japanese knowledge that will let you kind of get in yeah definitely and uh, start doing this yeah like timing or, or or whatever yeah that's cool how how easy is it to uh how easy is it to get into a group? Like, I don't know where I would start if I was like, I, I want to join a group of guys who want to who wanna scandalate with me, and I have no idea where I'd go. Like, how do you do it? 
Well, uh, I think different groups do it different ways. Some will have like a specific recruitment wow. page on their website and they'll say, if you want to apply, do this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. What I do is I just stick on our FAQ page and our contact, I think I might have a contact page or maybe that's part of the FAQ page where I just say, here's my email address. If you want to join, send me an email, tell me about yourself and what you want to do. I will do a quick interview with them and then give them a test. And if they do the test and it comes out well, then I'll have them join. I was going to ask if there was a test. Yeah. Yeah. And is, is, is there, there any is there kind there a of hazing like, process? Yeah, I was going to ask, <laughs> is there any hazing to enter the group? Do you give them a manga that's impossible to translate? Yeah. Oh, and yeah. We, them. <laughs> yeah we, we mentally torture them first. And if they can endure that, then they can, you know, they can endure the, the hell of scanlating. No, really, it's just many people, most people that volunteer will end up uh, realizing that it's harder than they thought and then yeah. quit after like a week. Mm-hmm. Sounds so about right. <laughs> you need a certain way to filter people out who aren't really trying to do whatever the thing is. They mm-hmm. just thought, oh, I should do this. This is cool. And then they, they kind of forget about it. Or maybe they, they can do it. They just didn't have the time. Or they could do it, but they can only do it like that week. They couldn't do it long term for months or years. So you gotta like cling to the group of people that you're working with that are consistent and will always do it. Like the person I have who is cleaning and typesetting Gintama uh, started, I think, four or five years ago, and she does it every single week. Nice. Yeah. It's hard, and hard that, to find people like that. Yeah. I think there's like the longest staff member I've had on any project. I've had a few for Toriko that left in a number of years, but it changed every once in a while. Yeah, I imagine there's I imagine there's a lot of uh, what's it called? What's the word where people leave and a lot of quit quit drop? A lot of quit drop <laughs> is that the word? No, there's a word for it. I don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah, um, maybe we're gonna get a lot of messages about that one mm-hmm. when people tell us what the word is. Yeah, because it's not Everyone quit drop. Tweet it, tweet the word at us. Hashtag this is the real word. <laughs> this is Hashtag the real word. Quit drop. <laughs> um, so I, I kind of want to get a, and, and we talked a little bit about the process, but I want to get like a, a, a full picture of the scanlation process um, from start to finish. Like, what are your first steps, and then how do the roles intersect? So maybe we can start with what what the roles are, um, in in a group, and then how those roles work from start to finish. It varies a little bit depending on the group. I think some groups use different names for some of these tasks, but <laughs> usually the the jobs are raw provider who will scan uh, and or buy the original manga and will just scan it and don't doesn't do anything with it. There's the cleaner who will uh, clean the text off the bubbles. There's another job that sometimes part of the cleaner job sometimes isn't called redrawer. And that is when there is text that is not in a bubble. It's just over part of the artwork. Like that happens a lot during inner monologues in a lot of series. Some series do really weird creative typesetting where the text is like hand drawn and stuff like that. In which case you have to erase the text, but then you have to redraw what was behind it. Uh, Otherwise there'll be a big white splotch on the part of the page that Mm. had the text on it. Like Innocent, the series that I'm working on has tons of that. And the person who I have, have working on it, that's another person who worked on my group for a very long time, is the person who, who redraws that. And she's been working with, on different series for a few years now. And it's a huge amount of 
time and energy it can take because you're sometimes you could just use the, the stamp tool in Photoshop, like if it's a fence or something, or like a, a side of a building, it can be really quick. But sometimes it's like you have to redraw this person's hair or you have to, there's like a bunch of lines that are, are intersecting and they start at the top of the area that's blank and then they end past it. So all you have to connect all these lines and things like that. Jeez. Yeah. Anyhow. Really, really yeah. difficult. I heard that's how Miyazaki so that's, got his start. Yeah. His, his redrawing scanalations before he started Ghibli. <laughs> if you do it, if, if it's an official company doing it, they usually get things in layers and they don't have to do that. Yeah. But mm -hmm. we do. Um, the next job is, well, there's translating, which I think goes without saying, usually type it on a text document of some sort. There's typesetting, which is, some people call that lettering, which is placing the translated text on the page. Usually you want, you have to have different comic fonts to in use for different situations. Some series will, like, what I personally try to do is I try to have one uh, English Romanized font for every Japanese font. So if there's a series that a lot of creative typesetting, you should have just as much creative typesetting. Other groups will just basically use one for everything. Comic Sans. Yeah. <laughs> Comic Sans. Do not use Comic Sans. Sorry, um, <laughs> Manga Sans, as they say. <laughs> I recommend against using Comic Sans in any situation yeah. you will ever come across yeah. in your entire life. It's a very, very unreadable font. Yeah, that's true. Papyrus is king. Yeah. <laughs> Pharaoh. I don't know. <laughs> Do not use any fonts that are also the names of characters in Undertale. Yes. <laughs> uh -huh. Okay. So there's typesetting. And then sometimes there's a proofreader, and a proofreader will usually just look over the text and see if there's any errors. Uh, sometimes you'll have a quality checker, which will just be someone reading over it and seeing if anything is missing or something. Like if a page didn't export properly, or a bubble is blank, or something is not positioned right, or the typesetter put the bubble in the wrong, the text in the wrong bubble, or something like that. And other groups also have an editor, which usually means that you are editing the translation. What a lot of groups do, I think usually the translator is the bottleneck for most groups because it's such a high, uh, it takes more time to become a competent translator than it does to become anything else. But for me, it's always the opposite because I'm the translator. But an editor will read the translation and then rewrite it so it sounds, uh, it's more vernacular English. It flows well. It sounds interesting. All that stuff about getting comedic timing and dramatic timing downright, that kind of thing. And there's also releasing, which is not really a, usually considered a job, but you have to publish it on your website, which may take more time than others, depending on what your website is. For me, I upload it to like three different mirrors, so I'm sure it'll always be up, plus onto the reader site. The reader site requires you like give it a title and a number and all that. I make a post on the website, and I usually stick like a piece of fan art or some image from the manga on the release post to make it look interesting. And maybe I write something about the chapter itself in the in a little text post. And you also have to maintain a website. So sometimes webmaster is a a uh, a role, in which case you have to host the site and fix it when it goes down, and give people a means of downloading old releases. And I think that's about it. There might be other jobs other people do, but that's pretty much it. It's like that's more people than most like indie publishers have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you're doing I it all for so. free. <laughs> yeah. 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 Damn. I should mention 
cleaner cleaner can be a, a different job depending on what your raw source is. If you're using the magazines with recycled paper, yeah. cleaning is a much more intense job because you oh, have brown, to uh, yeah. use certain uh, plugins in Photoshop to make it look nice. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise, like it look like it's covered in like dirt. Like the blacks mm-hmm. won't be solid black. The whites won't be solid white. It has to be level and that kind of thing. But if you're using a better quality raw source, like a volume or a constant bond, there is it's much less involved. So there's so many people, and that you know, I'm kind of astounded by like how many people are doing it, how many, how much time it takes, and and effort, especially for the redrawing one. Sounds like a really really tough job. But how do how do scanlators do it like the day after if they're like we get it out so fast you can have it in one second uh, like faster faster than official translation sources a lot of yeah, times yeah yeah if you're doing a 19 page chapter it doesn't take that long mm-hmm. like it's not like translating a hundred page novel or something like that here's the last trap chapter of Gintama I translated and Gintama is one of the wordiest series out there but this current arc is only like kind of wordy there'll be like a couple of pages of action in in this arc Kintama is usually a very comedic series and it will be filled with bubbles on every single page and never have any kind of break in the action but this this is 1300 word and 44 words okay. it says for this chapter so that doesn't take that long a translator can do it in a couple hours maybe yeah. uh, I don't remember how long it took me to do this it took me more than that probably because I I am not good at doing this one totally all at once in one go without stopping. But usually how it will go is uh, if you're doing a series that comes out on a weekly basis and you are doing it with the weekly magazine, then most groups will have a source, a raw provider that is able to get it earlier than the release date because they are getting it from a store somewhere that ignores the uh, official release dates. (laughs) <laughs> and then they're able to scan that at a certain time on a certain day of the week. And because it's the exact same time every week, everyone knows exactly when to be there. By doing that, you can have everyone there on time. As soon as you get the raw, the translator starts translating. The cleaner starts cleaning. The typesetter knows to get there two hours after that. And then as soon as the translator is done, the typesetter starts. The translator can also help do another job when they're done. The cleaner will be cleaning everything and then and redrawing everything. Maybe they'll do all at once. Maybe they'll do the redrawing second. Because you technically don't need to have it be uh, redrawn in order to typeset it. But you do need it to at least be the final dimensions and such. But it's basically a group of a few dedicated people doing it at, at basically the exact same time. And then they'll release it as soon as they're done. And I did that with Toriko for a number of years. And it it can get very stressful if somebody doesn't show up or if for some reason you can't get a a raw because the raw provider had some problem. Somebody isn't communicating and you're waiting for them and you don't have anybody to fill in. And you sometimes have to do it in the middle of the night, which is what happened with Toriko after a certain amount of time. In order to be able to get ours out first, we had to do do it like between the times of like 2 a.m. and 5 a.m., which is frustrating when you have a full-time college or a full-time job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially every week. And because of that, you eventually are able to get it done on a regular basis. But it is a difficult thing that I do not recommend. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you kind of you mentioned that you, you're trying to get yours out first. Does that mean there's like ri- rival scanlation gangs that you have to 
Yeah, sometimes. That's something that is, again, very frustrating about Scanlighting along with the whole aggregator thing is there are groups that will be like, oh, this series is popular. We're just going to do it now. We'll do it like much worse, but we'll do it faster so then everyone <laughs> will read that. And yeah. because most aggregator sites will just put out whatever came out first, that's what most people read. And because most people don't know who actually worked on it, they won't know the difference really. And sometimes those translations are like really bad. Like I remember uh, before Kurokono Basket became popular, there was a group that was literally making up the translations and just putting them on the page. <laughs> they were like straight up guessing what was happening. Wow. And that's what was on the aggregator site. And I think they all got taken down at one point or another. I don't know if anyone <laughs> can still find them. But I do remember that existed for a little while. How long did it take for people to realize that they were just doing like Mad Libs and like <laughs> making up the story? I don't know. I, I never worked on that series, but I do. Or actually, I translated one chapter of it once. But uh, I don't know how long it took. I think people complained. But... That was a series that at the time wasn't getting translated, and then after the anime came out, it got like super popular, and then everybody was translating as soon as it came out. Yeah, I feel like I feel like you guys should be all working together because really, you you all have you all have a mutual enemy, and that is like I don't know the FCC or something. Yeah, you know. Sure. <laughs> like yeah, in an ideal world, but the thing is, different people have different reasons for doing it. Like I said, some people put ads on their site. Mm -hmm. Some people do it just to get popular. They don't even like the series. They just want people to come to their site. Mm. Some people will uh, have very different ideas of how something should be translated. Some people have very different ideas of how it should be scanlated. Some people want to take their dime and do it really well. That So you only do a volume version. Some will want to do it as fast as they can and only do a magazine version. Some people will do something else entirely. There's quite a bit. I think most series only have one equal tra person translating it. Though I think at any given point in time, uh, like Naruto and One Piece have always had at least two people com competing for it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because you are. Is there kind of a, a clout that comes with like I'm the Naruto scanlation team or something like that? I'm the One Piece scanlation team. And then you've got uh, like five people trying to be the One Piece scanlation team. Well, like with any job that you're doing and people are looking at and reading it, there's a certain amount of pride you'll have with it. Like, I think that's why most people do it because they want to be part of it and give back to the community. And obviously you want the thing that you're working on to actually be read. Like there's, like I said, there's scan, there are translators where they'll translate something and then it'll never actually get released. I translated 25 episodes of a show that never got released once years ago. But uh, you want the, the things you're working on to actually get at least read, even if they don't know you're the person doing it. Yeah. Uh, so you can at least know that it got out to the world and all that yeah. work, you know, got to got to be seen or read or enjoyed. Yeah. But like with me, generally, like I'm trying to avoid that. That's happened. That happened with Toriko because Toriko, I started when it was 17 chapters long, and then I went back into the beginning of it and everything, and I did the whole series, which was uh, uh, about 400 chapters. Jeez. And so, like, you, I did it from the beginning, so I really wanted to do the whole thing, and I ended up having to compete with people for that because who picked it up after it got popular, and so like that's like a point of pride kind of thing. You could also say, like, I know the series really well and I want to do the best job I can. There's a lot of things like that. But I think with most series, there's only one group working on it. 
probably. So there's no like roving street gang fights that you have <laughs> with other groups that you're like, get off my Toriko turf. <laughs> uh, sometimes people get angry at each other. I think most of the time people just go about their business and ignore, ignore anybody else. I think it's generally bad to try and snipe a series from another group that's doing a good job on it. If they're doing a terrible job on it and the translations are really bad and they're typesing with Comic Sans, then maybe. <laughs> uh, Note to self. <laughs> so you guys don't have like a secret speakeasy bar where you all, all the scandalators meet every once in a while? and No, nah, it's all done over the internet. I have met some people in person, but not that much. I like four or so people I've worked with I've met in person at one point or another. So you've never gone to like a group retreat? In like cabin nah. in the woods or anything, and gone skiing. Sounds like nah. sounds like a honeypot to me. <laughs> sounds like the government's waiting for you. Like, hey, nah. you've been invited to this scanlation retreat. Yeah. Well, <laughs> speaking of government and honeypots, um, that's something we we want to get your opinion on. Is um, how do you feel about like the the legality of scanlation? Obviously, you do scanlation, so you must feel something about it. Um, but yeah, this, how, how do you feel uh, You know, when people are like, oh, scanlations, they're taking money out of the hands of those rich mangaka or something like that. I don't know why that turned into an old person, but um, <laughs> you know, old people say stuff like that. Well, here's my opinion on it. I generally will support getting the official release because generally those are very good quality. Sometimes they're not, but generally they are. But there are situations where getting the official version is like not realistic or impractical in some way. It will only come out in one region and no one else can get it. I think there's like tons of series that only come out in France somehow. I don't know why that is. I think it's hmm. just manga's, uh, seinen manga is more popular there. There's stuff that won't come out for years or and years uh, later and vast majority of things just never get released at all in, in any official form. Like, take JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I've been working on that since uh, end of 2010, beginning of 2011. And that series started in 1986, in, I think, November or December. Wow. That's older than uh, I thought it was. Yeah. And so that series is really popular now because the anime came out. But for a very long time, there was no way of reading it at all. You couldn't get it, and there are series that came out where the author had in, been influenced by it as a kid and loved it so much and inspired them to become a mangaka, and they mm -hmm. created their series that was kind of, like, inspired by it. Yeah, and that would get a vision. Like right? Could, no, like no? actual series. Like uh, Raiku, uh, Makoto Raiku, who does Gasbell, was a big fan of that when he was a kid. Uh, Masahiro Sakurai, who created the Super Smash Brothers series, is a big fan of it as a kid. There's people who are like major like figures in the uh, whatever you would call it Japanese manga, anime, video game community that are big fans of it and put references to it. There, there's stuff that you could read that has references to Judge's Bizarre Adventure in it, but the series itself is not available in any form, and it's still not. They've only released up to part three, and part three ended in 1992, I think. Those were the days. <laughs> yeah. So that's how far they've released, and it you can't read anything past that at all. You can't get it in any form. And the parts I'm translating now are uh, part eight. 
So if you wanted to well, wait for the official release of Part 8, you will have to wait something like 20 or 30 years from now <laughs> before they actually get to it. I'll and, be dead. <laughs> yeah. So like that that's how long it took to get to to release part 1 officially it took 30 years I think. Yeah, that's that's and a little bit unreasonable, so, huh? <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's it's because it took a very it was a lot of money to license cuz it's a popular series and so they didn't want to do it unless they were sure they would make a profit. Yeah. But the result of that is you can't read it. Like uh, there's references to JoJo's all over the place. Like half of the cast of Street Fighter is based on JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. There's reference to it in old video games. There's like JoJo references uh, is in uh, I think like Ninja Gaiden and mm -hmm. King of Fighters and a bunch of old games like God that. Hand? And no one, maybe that too. I think. Uh, and there's all kinds of things you won't be able to get the reference to because the thing doesn't exist in any form. You can't get it, and basically, the if you follow the concept of you have to get the official version no matter what, the ultimate thing is that is just lost to that generation. You can't, yeah. you won't know what it is. No one will have heard of it. You just like may if, never get if, it. Yeah. So, like, Dragon Ball Z, that came out uh, in English in, like, the Toonami dub in, like, whatever, 1998 <laughs> or yeah. 7 or something. Mm -hmm. So, like, lot, almost anybody that reads manga will have watched that as a kid or watched it as an adult and will get references to it and will get the fact that people who read that as a kid grew up to be adults and they created their own manga like people say that uh like naruto and bleach and one piece were all reactions to people who read uh dragon ball as kids they they're like well uh dragon ball doesn't have much to it beyond uh, like a lot of it's pretty it's fairly simple yeah, i won't say it's i don't a, only say it's bad but it's a uh, it's simple it's simplistic yeah. and it's fighting and yeah, lots like, of fighting they, they need a lot of time to power up so you can't yeah. Be, yeah you can't be too critical <laughs> they they need that time right so like other series will create like a pseudoscience behind how their characters are getting stronger mm -hmm. and give more, like, <laughs> reasoning behind their different types of techniques yeah, and Dragon Ball doesn't really bother. Dragon Ball, <laughs> yeah. yeah, Dragon Ball is like uh, you did this random thing we made. The author made up three chapters ago, and now you're stronger. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so like, there's things like that where you can't have, you won't know this old thing existed. That part of history is like blank if there's no translation available at all. Now, it doesn't mean just because someone's translated it means it's going to be read widely. Like, I translated plenty of things I think are really great, and they don't have, like, probably very big readership beyond people who just read a lot of manga. But some I of them... I bet those people who read it are, are really happy to, to have it. I remember yeah. Zach Davison yeah. said, uh, we interviewed him a few weeks ago, that anytime he pitches to something to a publisher that's before 2013, they're like, nah, no, nah, it's too old. 2012, no one <laughs> wants to read that. But, and, you know, he wants to do stuff from, like, the 60s. Yeah, yeah. There's plenty of old stuff I'm, that's really good. Like I'm doing Seikimachi Leader Ben Takashi right now, and that's the series that was done before uh, the author of Toriko did his did Toriko, and it came out it came out literally the week before One Piece started. And the author of One Piece and Toriko are both good friends, Shimabukuro mm -hmm. Mitsutoshi and uh, uh, Oda 
So they both like are friends, and this came at the time, and they were both the top series in Jump for a number of years, and this series never got translated at all. And I'd, I'd like to translate the whole thing. I don't know if I'll ever get to the whole thing because it is uh, like 24 volumes long and it's a uh, comedy manga. So it's very wordy and takes a long time <laughs> to do one chapter. Yeah, that's tough. But it's part of like Shonen Jump's history. And it's like there are people who are way into like checking what's happening in Shonen Jump right now because that's the most popular manga magazine. It has like 2 million copies in print at any given time. And it, it and like Naruto, One Piece, Bleach. Uh, Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, Boku no Hero Academia, lots of popular things run it. And like people try and learn about the history of the magazine and stuff that was popular at different periods. And if something's not available to read, they just can't read it. And there's like little chance that like Seikimachi Leader and Takashi is going to get an official translation at any point in time. Like if it were, it would have happened already. It, like when Toriko was at its peak in popularity and they, they still didn't do it. So it happened when I'm 60 not, and in yeah. the retirement home though. Yeah. And maybe it'll happen it. in, in 30 years. It's early when, for retirement uh, home. <laughs> when, when they, like eventually get around yeah. to it. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, but it's like the, what I'm saying is that that like cultural thing is kind of lost. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of like a, a cultural language that you, you're missing yeah. out on. This feels a lot like uh, like the torrenting era, where it's just like it was really inconvenient to get things legally, like TV shows and movies and things like that. And then after a while, like eventually, people or like the the production studios and stuff got their act together and they started making it available, mm-hmm. like on Hulu, Netflix, yeah, iTunes, things like that. Everything. Yeah, yeah, now you can access everything, and I, I think torrenting has kind of gone by the wayside. Or or I'm just getting old, which could be that um and i got tired of my laptops like being infected, infected with, with malware <laughs> so i'm like i'll just do streaming yeah and like yeah i wonder if uh, like i'm really curious if, if scanlation is going to take that route but i wanted to ask you if you if you feel like that's that's starting because I, I am seeing more legal options for manga it's not great to be honest and scanlations they're still way better um but it, it is starting to like seep into well, kind of. It's a bit of a different beast because there are, there's like literally thousands of manga that are running at any given time. It's a bit different mm-hmm. from anime where there's maybe like 50 at most running at any given time. Right. It's it's a at least reasonably doable to uh, be able to translate all of them. Mm-hmm. Like the official manga sources, some will come out years later and eventually come out like JoJo's doing. It's going very slow very many years later coming out yeah (laughs) i think with one piece what they did was it was coming out years behind and then at some point they did some kind of like catch-up thing where like (laughs) we're gonna release five volumes a month for a year and then we'll be caught up and now you can get it basically as soon as it comes out in japan and you can get the uh there there's an english shonen jump right and that comes out with a lot of series in Jump every week, but not all of them. And they they pick and choose which they want to license and will do every week. And it's like half of Jump and a couple of things in Jump Square. Mm-hmm. And I think One Punch Man, which is in Tonari no Young Jump. Right. But those are generally only things that are very popular that no people will go read. And they are not things that they are fostering in order to make them popular. Mm-hmm. Unless they 
I think they'll occasionally do a new series that's not popular because they're very cheap to license. But there's lots and lots of things that you can't get at all. And there's only a handful. I think them and Kodansha is doing a English uh, thing. Hmm. I don't know what you'd call I don't know what it's called. I think they just released it on Crunchyroll's manga thing. Right, yeah. Crunchyroll has a manga thing. Yeah. That's right. So you can read like uh, Uchu Kyodai Space Brothers on right. that. Yeah, there's there's quite but, a few things on there. And there's also a lot yeah. of like really not interesting things on there. But yeah. I haven't seen that. Yeah. So is Crunchyroll's manga thing like a scandalation site? But yeah. More legal? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. One so, thing yeah. I hate about it is it doesn't save your spot. So like uh-huh. I read one series, like I like read like 30 uh, chapters and then I like stopped and then I came back. I was like, I don't know where I am anymore. And then I stopped. Wow, they <laughs> have like a bookmark? No. No. You Crunchyroll, think since you're listening, I'm sure you are. Yeah, Crunchyroll. You should add a bookmark feature to your <laughs> your new thing you've got. Old thing you've yeah. got. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I mean, was curious to, to see how you'd feel like, because it sounds like, you know, there's groups of volunteers who are getting together and saying like, we're going to put out this manga that we love and some people are even doing it like the day of or you know the next day so if you know jump or shueisha or whoever is like oh we're gonna do this and we're gonna sell it somehow or get a little subscription or i don't know what they do but somehow they start doing that and then as as we were talking about before something akin to the streaming movement happened where now scanlation falls by the wayside and there's now now you can get everything officially the next day and all of them are available uh, this isn't going to happen but if that did happen how, how would you feel as as a scan leader i'd be like whoa that's very unrealistic what's actually just happened. <laughs> uh, oh <laughs> i i don't know i would do something else i would imagine <laughs> but uh would you feel like, oh, yeah, now I can get all my stuff. I'm free. Or would you feel like, <laughs> no, I've been released from this prison. <laughs> they well, they it, took my genie locks off my arms. I think that would be, that'd be fine. And I'd probably work for a company doing that. But the, the reason that probably won't happen is it's just not profitable. There aren't enough people that read manga. In Japan, the manga is always considered like the real thing. And everything else is an adaptation. Where in the U.S., because so many people watch anime, people think the anime is like kind of the real thing, <laughs> right. and everything else is some other version of it. Even if right. the manga has been around much longer, and usually uh, much better. Yeah, and sometimes the issue, like I've heard things about how like Crunchyroll works, and I have people that I know that work it with them, mm-hmm. and they don't pay very much relative to what Japanese English translators normally pay. Like, they'll pay, like, somebody a certain amount per minute of uh, Japanese translated, regardless of the amount of text, and it's not that much, but because they are the only ones that have, uh, that you could do it with, that's how it works, kind of. Like, they, like good they, old they, early 1900s industrial revolution, child labor. <laughs> yeah, the monopoly. Of, yeah, they, they have a monopoly on it, so because of that, like, that's another weird issue is that if you have a monopoly on being we're legal then you could you could say like you the translation doesn't even have to be very good and you could pay your translators not very much but there's no competition they have the monopoly on that series so it could end up with the translation just be like passable and not be that good as long as they're official hey let's get that 
I generally think that their their stuff is fine, but sometimes they do have errors, and there are people that like keep track of that kind of thing and log when the uh, video quality and crunch roll is not that good, or the the translator clearly uh, didn't know what a certain term meant, or they like did a weird warped translation because they didn't want to put a, a note in, or they didn't they didn't want to make it sound too Japanese or something like that, and it got it wasn't very good. There's mm. things like that that happen. And that's like kind of the concern a lot of fan servers have. I don't care about that much, but that they they use the fact the justification where the only legal group thing to kind of justify any other behavior that's not good, mm-hmm. like not like, like translating. Yeah, plenty of them are really good, and some of the best people, best translators I know, work for official uh, manga distributors, whatever you might call them, Crunchyroll, the English Shonen Jump, that kind of thing. English Shonen Jump is really good as far as I know. But there are issues like that. Uh, sometimes scan layers talk about where they'll be like annoyed with the fact that people are giving these guys a free pass because they're the legal outlet where maybe a, a fan sub or a scan later can do a better quality job and they'll do it for free. Whereas the people that are getting paid will maybe not care so much and not do a very good job or yeah, do someone a bad needs to, job. to hold a candle to them and burn them. <laughs> yeah burn them good burn uh so witches. i'm interested or sorry i think koichi's got something oh i was just saying burn witches but um, oh, yeah. <laughs> no, i was wondering why don't, why don't these uh why don't these like one of the official groups like if i was if i was part of shonen or or something like that i i would like i know it for them it's going to be admitting defeat basically and and they, they don't want to lose that kind of face and reputation but like if i was them i would just like go to these scanlation groups that do good translations of the manga and be like, okay, I know you did all this work and I know yeah. it's illegal, but you know, here, you know, we can give you ten thousand dollars for the rights to these illegal things, and and then use them, and then uh, we'll we'll make English translations official and available to people, and they're gonna recoup that ten thousand dollars probably. Mm-hmm. Um, like I don't understand why they don't just do that because all the work's done for them. Yeah, they don't have to do it. Like, and oh yeah, thanks for doing the work. They just have to find the good quality one. Is that the dream of the scantilators? Are you are you on the gold rush and like panning for gold and hoping that you hit that hit that big gold nugget? Get those I nugs. I, I don't think anyone's hoping for that. Uh, the reason they don't do that is the Japanese companies don't uh, want to work with a group that does something illegal like that yeah, because they would be <laughs> associating themselves with that kind of uh, thing. And most Japanese, Japanese companies, companies are... would never associate with an illegal organization. <laughs> <laughs> God forbid. Yeah. Though Crunchyroll used to be a fan sub group at some point in the past. I... Yeah. <laughs> that, Originally, that they were. That's, yeah. that's erased from the Wikipedia <laughs> yeah, every day. I, I, we, I tried to do an interview with them, and that's what I want to talk about. They're like, no, we don't talk about that. <laughs> yeah. And so we didn't. <laughs> yeah. You're listening, Crunchyroll. <laughs> We're still. This up is for a good one interview. for you. It's a good yeah. episode for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, before we we wrap up, I'm interested to hear about your manga recommendations because uh, I know you've you've done a lot of projects that you're passionate about, um, and obviously we should we should check out the ones that you are translating because you translated because you think they're good. Uh, but what are some things that you haven't translated? or that other people have translated or are not translated that you think are good manga that are just being overlooked and thrown to that saddle dumpster <laughs> in the sky. 
<laughs> There's plenty of them. I don't have any quick list of them. Uh, besides the one that I've done, Kaiji is really good. All of Judge's Bizarre Adventure, including the stuff that I haven't done, is really good. There's a manga I've started reading recently called Ibiki, which is really good. Oh, yeah. Let me see. Most stuff by uh, Urasawa is really good. He did Pluto and Monster and Billy Bat and Happy and 20th Century Boy. And uh, there's like a million I would probably remember if I could think of any. But like, I'll feel bad that I didn't mention them later. It's like at the Oscars when you forget to mention like your nephews or something. When yeah. Thank you speech. Uh, Mob Psycho 100 is really good. Berserk is really good. Okuno Hero Academia is pretty good. Chihayafuru is really good. Doro Hedoro is really good. That's a great series that's almost over. Oh, yeah. Uh, when we were talking to Matt Alt. He, he's translating that one. He recommended that. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Dungeon Meshi, that I think might have been licensed recently. That's a really good series. I have plenty of here that I've heard are really good that I have not had time to read. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty good reading list, though. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what Billy yeah, Bat that's... is, but Billy Bat caught my ear, and <laughs> I'm definitely going to check that one out. <laughs> Why? Because it's an alliteration? Yeah. And it sounds what, like... What is like, what is Billy Bat in your mind, Michael? Billy Bat? Well, it's a, it's a bat uh-huh. uh, named Billy. Okay. And he looks like... Uh, like a baseball bat or a... Well, he carries a baseball bat. But he's is he an animal bat? Yeah, he's an animal bat who wears a Batman-like costume, carries a bat. He's man-bat. Yeah. Okay. And he, uh, you know, just bludgeons people. Sorry you had to hear that. Cool. (laughs) Yeah, sorry, cool. That was what ran through my mind when you said Billy Bat, and that's what I'm hoping it'll be. I'm sure it's better than that. Well, you can make your own scandalation. Yeah. (laughs) You can just, like, take all the the empty speech bubbles and fill in your own story, Michael. Yeah. Yeah, just like uh, the people who did Kuroneko Basket. Yeah. Is that what it was? <laughs> I'll just make up the Billy Bat story. <laughs> and even though there's no anthropomorphic bat, they'll just say, like, I'm an anthropomorphic bat. I've always wanted to do that, actually. It's just yeah. to, like, make up fake translations for people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Have you ever done uh, that for April Fool's on your site? <laughs> just, like, release scanlation that's completely ridiculous? I've never done that, but there are definitely groups that have done that. <laughs> and then everyone hated them. Well, cool. Thank you so much for spending all this time with us and letting us into your your cool world. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Anyone listening, go read all the series I've translated. They're all great. Everyone owns 10 out of 10. Yeah. Probably. And everyone go check out uh, Cool's website. I'll let you say it since yep. you run the website. Iwamatanoboru. Dot you com. Could just, yeah, dot com. You could just look up any of those series and you could probably find our our site is one of the first ones there yeah name's kind of long if you're reading any of those series on those big aggregator sites read it on cool site because you know you're giving all your donations to a big aggregator company when maybe you could give them to cool yeah maybe you can give this to the actual people who did all the work there's a lot of a lot of work that was the biggest thing i learned today i just assumed these aggregators are making these things and yeah putting them out yeah i don't mind doing it for free i'm not I'm not doing this to make money or anything, but but it would be uh, nice it, yeah. I, to have a little nice money. People, it's always nice that people know what you're doing. It also makes it a lot easier to motivate your group if the group knows that people know that they're doing work. Yeah, that kind of thing. So you don't have to want people to give you money, but I want people to give you money. So Cool's not saying this, but go donate because he's doing a lot of work, and so is everyone on his team. 
And if you read some other scanlation that you like, go give them money. But don't give it to like bigmangaaggregator.com or whatever the hell you use. <laughs> yeah, screw those guys. Yeah. And girls. <laughs> <laughs> but not cool. Don't screw him. No. Unless that's what he wants. Yes. Unless that's what he wants. Thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you so much. That was really interesting. It was very, very interesting. I learned a lot. I said a lot more than I thought I was going to say. I think that usually happens whenever I start talking about manga. Yeah, it's really interesting, and you're you're clearly like really passionate about it. So yeah. well, you've been doing eleven years. I imagine you have a lot to say. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I've. Yeah. I was gonna say I don't think I've done anything for eleven years, but I've done a lot of things for eleven years. So yeah. <laughs> take that back. I've eaten every day for eleven years I, at least. I have not. Oh. I skipped a few days. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, so yeah, so thanks for coming on the show, cool, and uh, everyone check out his website and and uh, go read some manga that you can't get anywhere else. Yeah. That's awesome. Ding. <laughs> that Goodbye. was an accident. <laughs> All right, bye. Bye. And that's the end of our show. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you, guys. We got three action items for you, though, before you go. They're important. Listen. Number one, uh, just like uh, just like Cool did, I, I want you guys to go out and, and just get started. You know, take that as inspiration, what he did. He just wanted to to start translating manga, and he just started doing it even though he didn't have, like, any Japanese ability or experience whatsoever. But look where he is now, and it really it was just all about that first step. So I hope that you go out and you start learning maybe kanji, you start learning some sort of Japanese and create create some sort of system for yourself like Cool did where you're practicing every single day. And, and let us know on uh, Twitter. We're at Tofugu. Let us know what you did for your first step. Yeah. And Cool did some cool things like, you know, he didn't really uh, worry about uh, if he was going to be good or not. He just jumped in. Yeah. Ended up working out for him. Plenty of quantity. And uh, speaking of cool, our cool friend that we made today, uh, if you have a scan later or you read scanlations, then perhaps you should take stock of your moral inventory, think about mm-hmm. your life and perhaps the, the quandaries that are presented with, you know, these illegal mangas. But, you know, when you think about it, the manga isn't, isn't really available, so you can't buy it, but it's still owned by someone. Oh, man, it's so heavy. Anyway, think of that stuff, but then go thank your scan later. Mm-hmm. After you've thought through, yeah, and then uh, maybe go. go buy a manga from from a real from a real bookstore. Yeah, let's support everybody. Yeah, I support guess support everyone, and so don't do anything illegal. Yeah, don't do anything illegal. Definitely, unless you think about it a lot, or or just <laughs> just don't just don't <laughs> don't yeah don't don't do illegal things. Our, uh, and our third action item for you is if if you could if you could spare one minute to go to the iTunes review and rate section and just uh, give us a rating, give us a review. We'd really, really appreciate it. It really does uh, help us out. It's, it's kind of what decides whether uh, or not we get featured or how, how high we show up. So uh, we want other people to listen to this, and um, your reviews help. Just like uh, Nano Nihongo's review says it's ed- entertaining and educational, and Nano Nihongo says Koichi finally convinced me to rate and review the Tofugu podcast. And to my surprise, there are not very many. Thank you, Nanoni Hongo, for that wonderful review. And this one by XX Mr. Mentos XX gave it five stars and said, Love it. I love this podcast. It's a breath of fresh air when compared to other podcasts about Japan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <I didn't. laughs>
through that before. <laughs> I started reading. Let's cut that one out. Eh, wink, wink. Wink, wink. Um, <laughs> I'll read this other one. Uh, Neon Bass Child says, I love this podcast and gave <laughs> it five stars. <laughs> he said, or she said, or they said, great podcast. Other podcasts cover things. <laughs> <laughs> this one also bashes other I like their name um, though. Neon. It's you said Neon Bass Child, but I would have read it as Neon Bass Child because it's B A S S. Yes. So it could be bass, it could be bass, but I'd like to think that they're a neon fish. Yes, I actually like that better. In 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 as in a child form. But yeah, so if you can run over there and give us uh, some reviews and some ratings, and maybe not be so mean to other podcasts. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's um, that would be. That would be awesome. We really, 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 really appreciate it. And uh, that's that's the end of our show. That's all our action items. That's the end of the interview. And uh, if you have anything else, just uh, give us a call. Yeah, we're just one phone call away. <laughs> you never call anymore. No, only only the, the person who gives us the free cruises calls us now. Yeah. I've gotten so many free cruises from that robot voice. Yeah, and then and then also I think we have the phone number of someone who is in terrible, <laughs> terrible debt. Oh yeah, <laughs> the old phone true. number. Yeah. yeah, she gets a lot of calls. Yeah. So uh, if you're listening and you are that person, please pay your debts. So please. Calls yeah, yeah, you owe some money. They're really coming after you. They're pretty angry. Yep. And that's it. Everyone have a good night. See you later. All right. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Thank you.